It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jason Tatum goes off in the fourth quarter, and the Boston Celtics beat the Charlotte Hornets. It's exactly what Kemba Walker loves to see. Plus, Romeo Langford played meaningful minutes even. I'll talk about it here on the Monday edition of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Millie's, let's go. Rainy Jays back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. It's Monday, it's Christmas week. If you're celebrating Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. If you're celebrating Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah to you. If you're not celebrating anything, then Happy Monday, I guess. Whatever. It's all good. And I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com, here to talk to you about this 119-93 win over the Charlotte Hornets. Boston Celtics getting 39 points from Jason Tatum. 22 of those came in the fourth quarter. They also got 23 from Kemba Walker. Most of those came early on in the game. And the Celtics dispatched the Hornets, who got 23 from Devontae Graham. But 17 of those came in the first quarter, and then it was curtains after that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, and then later on some Rozier discussion and comments, people commenting on Instagram. And I'm going to talk about that too. So let's start with Jason Tatum. This is pretty much what we hoped to see from Jason Tatum, right? Like this is this is Tatum kind of flexing a little bit of that. Uh, this is why you don't just trade him for Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony Davis having a potential MVP type of season. So uh, I don't want to make I don't want to sound like glib here about all of this, but at the same time, Jason Tatum is is playing extraordinarily well in his third year and is showing why you pause when that kind of scenario presents itself that if you're not going to get a full-time commitment, I've talked about this on previous podcasts, same thing with Jalen Brown. If you're not going to get that commitment to re-sign, if you're not a hundred percent sure that if you're giving up a player like Tatum, that you're, you're, if you're not sure that you're getting a long-term commitment from a guy like Anthony Davis, this is why you don't do it. This kind of game shows why you don't do it. And granted, yes, I understand it came against the Charlotte Hornets, but 22 points in a quarter is 22 points in a quarter. And not only was it 22 points in a quarter, it was 22 points, five rebounds, and a steal in the fourth quarter. It wasn't just some dude that was gunning. It was a guy who was finishing off plays on the defensive boards. It was a guy who was defending throughout the whole game. He had three blocks earlier in the game. And Tatum played a very complete game that showed exactly the potential that the Celtics are hoping for. And you look at him and Jalen Brown, especially as the future wings of this team. And now Jalen, just as a side note here, had a a really good game. 
I thought it just is going to get overshadowed by Tatum's heroics. Uh, Tatum's 22 points in the fourth quarter is going to be the the bulk of the conversation, but let's not overlook Jalen Brown, seven of 14 shooting. Okay, 50% shooting. Uh, he only took three free throws. Celtics just don't take a ton of free throws. Um, but nine rebounds for him, five assists for him, uh, only two turnovers and 16 points. He was a plus 15 on the night, uh, even a better plus minus than Tatum was. So you look at the future of this team again, Tatum and Brown combining, uh, combining for 50 plus points. I really need to go back and look through the the box scores and everything. This is probably the fifth or sixth time already that the Celtics uh, have seen 50 combined points from Tatum and Brown, which is a lot early on. And that's, that's a, a real encouraging sign when we look at the future of this team. Obviously, Kemba's locked up long-term, but we know what Kemba is. We know who he is. What we're seeing from Kemba right now is exactly what Kemba Walker has been. And I don't know what's going to happen with Gordon Hayward. Uh, By the way, side note, Gordon Hayward appears to be pretty close to a return, and he, he may be back for Christmas Day. Brad Stevens did say before the game that he's I love phrasing it this way. Probably going to be probable for the um, Raptors game. We'll find out more. They're going to practice on Tuesday before they leave for Toronto. So we'll find out more on Tuesday. But it appears that he's very close to a return. But I don't know what's going to happen with him long term. He may opt. To, he may opt in or opt out for a, you know to take a longer term four or five year deal or whatever it is at shorter annual money. But a little bit of kind of long-term security, which I think is another conversation for another day. But considering his injury history, if Boston's willing to give him a long-term commitment, he might want to take it. Uh, But this is all about Tatum. This is all about Jalen Brown. Uh, Tatum mostly after just this particular game that he had. uh, I thought that uh, this, this was just another example of how Boston's future is in really, really good hands. And... So much of this conversation is going to be about Tatum's offense, which was great. It was varied. He attacked. He took some mid-range shots. Um, I think when it comes to Tatum's offense, one thing that is uh, notable is that he's finishing at the rim. And part of why he's finishing at the rim is because he's not attacking kind of willy-nilly. Uh, earlier in the season, and and I love that he did this earlier in the season, but he just put such an emphasis on getting to the rim all the time, but he did it so much that he ended up putting himself in kind of tough positions, and he missed some very, very makeable shots, but he also was just attacking without a plan and, and attacking just, just to throw some shit up there. And it resulted in uh, percentages that were below 40%. 38.7% uh, 
Uh, I wrote about this in early November, like November 13th or 16th. November 16th, I wrote about this, where he was shooting 38.7% from inside five feet and 33.3% on layups. Since then, he shot 64.5% within five feet and 57.6% on layups. And, and part of that is because he's he learned some lessons. Uh, as he said after the game, he's trying to be more patient and play off two feet. Uh, part of it is also that he's he's mixing in some mid-range shots when he sees a guy like Bismack Biombo at the rim and he feels like maybe he's going to get challenged or, or blocked. He will take a mid-range shot to just try to soften up the defense. And he he's taking plenty of three-pointers. I mean, he took nine three-pointers in this game and hit four, which is awesome. That's, ex- that's perfect. It's such a perfect number there. Um, shooting 44% from three in this game. The the mix, the uh, a little bit more judicious nature of his attacking has now elevated his game and his percentages at the rim. And it's all kind of it's all kind of helping him offensively. But also defensively, I thought it was really important to note that the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum combination is we I talk about it in terms of combining for 50 points, and that's such a a great number to hear these guys combining for. But defensively, they just just did so much work. Like I said before, Tatum had three blocks. He ended up with 12 rebounds, 11 defensive rebounds. Uh, Cleaning up possessions, making a stop involves clearing the, the defensive board and getting out. And, and running and getting into transition. The reason why the Boston Celtics were able to outscore the Charlotte Hornets 35-16 to in the fourth quarter was because they got stops and went out and scored. And five of those possessions were finished by Jason Tatum. Okay? Four defensive rebounds means he cleaned up at the end of defensive possessions and then there was a steal. So five of those possessions where Charlotte could have scored, if they were two points, that's an extra 10. And if any of those were three-pointers, there would be obviously more than that. But 35-16 could have been 35-26 if there was no Tatum there to rebound and they get an off- offensive rebound and put back or something like that. You follow, you follow the logic there? Cleaning up a defensive rebound means there's no offensive rebound by them. And Boston can go out and score. So a stop and then a score is basically a four-point swing. And that's how a 35-16 to fourth quarter is built. So as much as we want to celebrate Tatum in this particular game, the next game could be Jalen. Or obviously Kemba, or if Gordon plays, Gordon has that potential. But looking at the future young wings, either one of those guys can be next. It could be a stretch of Jason going off. It could be Jalen going off. But whoever it is, getting those stops, getting out and running, getting themselves into position where when you're hot, now after you get a stop, you can run and take an in-rhythm three or you just feel good. You, you, know, you go up and grab that rebound and bring the ball up. It feels good to do that. So uh, really impressive. Just an impressive all-around game. And I really do have to make sure that Tatum's defense is is 
part of this. And and as I said, this is what Kimball Walker wanted when he was in Charlotte a year ago. That would have been Kemba out there earlier in the season when Kemba said, "I I'm, this is going to be great. My usage could go down. This is kind of the game he was talking about where he doesn't have to take fourth quarter shots. He doesn't have to go off and carry a team in the fourth quarter. He can let Jason Tatum take 13 fourth quarter shots and he can take one. Kemba Walker played three minutes and 45 seconds in the fourth quarter in a game that started that they were up, what, seven going into the fourth quarter. And Kemba only played less than four minutes and took one shot and Boston blew them out in the fourth quarter. This is exactly the type of game that Kemba wanted when he came to Boston. He didn't want to have to do it all, all by himself, all the time. That's hard. It's stressful, you know? And he's he's enjoying these opportunities to to not shoot, to not have to score. Like, to, to go out there and just play basketball and however it goes, it goes. And you have that supreme confidence. Kemba is obviously a very supremely confident guy. You know that when you need to score, you can score. When you need to go off, you can go off. But you don't have to. Whatever the game desires, whatever the game demands of you, that's what you give it. The game didn't demand Kemba Walker go off in the fourth quarter because Jason Tatum had it in this particular case. Like that was that was the that that's what the game called for. So awesome. Kemba left happy, big smile on his face, just as always. Um, so uh, very, very impressive, very impressive. Attitude from him, very impressive game from Jason Tatum. And again, both on the offensive and defensive end. When we come back here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast, Romeo Langford played, played a bunch, and showed us something. We'll talk about that next on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. 
Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You know, sleep is probably the most important thing that you can get, and it's the first thing that we all sacrifice. I love to get a full night's sleep, and I never get a chance to do it. Maybe I need a new mattress. Maybe I need to just go get the original Casper mattress, which combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Right now, get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash LockedNBA. That's LockedNBA. Casper.com slash LockedNBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you cannot visit Casper right now, though, you can find this and all other offers from our Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. Romeo Langford played uh, a significant amount in this game. He played 23 minutes and was frankly pretty good in those 23 minutes. Shot three of six, two of three from three, which is nice. I mean, really nice. Um, that That's not something that you expect from Ro- Romeo Langford, who has Obviously come in with the reputation of struggling with his shot. He obviously had the thumb injury, which impacted how he shot the ball. He's shooting somewhere in the 20% range, 20-something percent in the G League. But he comes in and hits his first two. And his third one looked good when he when it left his hands. Um, at eight points, he really, he was active in... You can see that by his three offensive rebounds. So four rebounds in all, but he was in there and and really getting in there on the offensive boards. Uh, he had a block after some kind of shaky defense, but he got burned and but he stuck with the play, tenacious and blocked the shot. So he didn't give up on the play, which is important. And the defense got better. Over the course of the game, I thought that he kind of showed a lot of why he was drafted in that 14th spot. Now, the 14th overall pick can be a little hit or miss. It can be, um, who knows what it can be long term, but it could be a, a guy that maybe someday turns into a big time scorer, or maybe just a guy that becomes a role player. Um, and, and, we don't know what Romeo is going to be eventually, uh, but you sh- you saw shades of a little bit of everything. And for the first time this season, we got to see the possibility, the inkling that, oh yeah, Romeo Langford makes sense as a lottery pick, as the 14th overall pick. We talk so much about Grant Williams as a draft pick and Carson Edwards and the undrafted Taco Fall who got a couple of minutes in this game. And but like and and obviously Tremont Tremont Waters, who I will always think has a very 
um, good feel for the game. And, and I've said multiple times, I think he's going to do well and make plenty of money playing basketball. This could be a great draft class, but we forget so much about Romeo Langford because he's been hurt for so, so much of the season. And now he's finally healthy. And as I wrote on mass live, I, it's publishing on Monday morning. So if you are listening to this before 5am on Monday morning, it's not up yet, but uh, knock on wood, whatever you, whatever your good luck thing is, do it. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious as Michael Scott said on the office. Um, I, whatever it is that you need to do to prevent another Romeo Langford injury, uh, I think we should all band together and, and hopefully not have that happen. Uh, shooting the ball well, driving, and finishing at the rim, uh, he's very adept at that. Uh, the tenacity on the offensive board, the tenacity, the, the the ability to be in the right spots, generally speaking, uh, for a rookie in this situation, I thought it was promising, just promising. I don't know what it's going to be ultimately. This may be the best game of his career, for all we know. But uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. He seems to be pretty solid and and I can see the bits and pieces about why he why the team picked him first. Now Grant Williams showed more of why he was selected in this draft and and why they didn't go with some of the other guys that may have been available and and I'm not going to run them all down but people people have been calling for other players who have been selected in that spot but Grant Williams Another great, for him, for his situation, uh, performance. Like 22 minutes of a rookie big off the bench playing center and small lineups and playing some power forward and switching a lot. Thought he played very, very well. Hit another three. You know, after that 0-4-25 that started the season, he's hit five of his last nine three-pointers. So another one for two night. And the one three-pointer that he hit, by the way, an up fake, the defender took a step back and he launched it confidently. So very good by him. Uh, He also had a couple of assists, four rebounds, uh, a steal, one turnover, a block. He had, I think one of my favorite plays of the night was when he set a pick for (laughs) Jalen Brown and Jalen, like he, Grant, set the pick, turned, sealed his guy off. Jalen read the play perfectly, was going to go right, but then all of a sudden he saw this big space open up, crossed over beautifully, went to the left, finished at the rim. That was the culmination of a very good play where there were a lot of drive and kicks and and really just putting the the Hornets in rotation. And and that's, that's the type of play, when you think about what Grant Williams is going to be early on in his career, Maybe someday he'll become a, a better scorer, and we're seeing more scoring out of him. Uh, maybe he becomes a guy that averages 12 to 15 points a game, which would be fantastic for him. Um, but in the meantime, setting those picks like he did, making the right play, making the right pass, the, the way he did a couple of times, I mean, it's just uh, very impressive. It, Grant Williams has had a nice little stretch uh, of games. And to see him 
doing what he's doing and learning how to expand his game while still doing the little things to help the team win. That's impressive. I'm 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 a huge Grant Williams fan. I think the kid is is got a lot of promise and he's definitely definitely going to have a long career in the NBA. What that career is, we don't know. But I, I can tell you right now, I feel extraordinarily confident that it's going to be like a 15-year NBA career. Like he belongs in this league and he's going to do well. And it's just a matter of in which way does he do well? Is he going to score? Is he going to rebound? Is he going to defend? Like how, wh- What mix is that going to be? So another great uh, performance out of him. Uh, all of those little things, it, it, it's just fun to see. When I come back, Instagram comments. What? Never do Instagram comments, but one stood out to me. And then a couple other news and notes before we wrap things up here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Stick around. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Yeah, Locked On Celtics on Instagram. And frankly, I don't post a ton on Instagram uh, because between my Twitter, my Reds Army underscore John Twitter, where my the bulk of my social media work is done. And I know Facebook is a big evil empire and a lot of you may not use Facebook, but a lot of you do. So I've, I've got to try to kind of ramp up my Facebook presence. That's something that just look, that's the price of doing business. I, I don't like it. I don't like Facebook. I really don't use it. But, you know, I got to do that. And, and, you know, I got my own Instagram that, you know, it's my thing. So the Lockdown Celtics Instagram, I admit, I don't post a ton on it. But I posted the standings going into Christmas Day, which is, as we all know, the real unofficial start to the, uh, actually, should we say, yeah, we'll call it unofficial start to the season, where it's the real start to the season. We've gone through now 30 games, depending, give or take a few, and take a few for the Celtics who've played 27. It's the fewest. By the way, the Celtics, that comeuppance is coming their schedule is going to heat up over the next few weeks. January is going to be tough. January, February, up until the All-Star break, really after they get through these few, the next few days, th- this is kind of like they just had this bun- th- this group of like five or six days off and they got a couple days off before playing Toronto and Toronto's done early and then they have a, a kind of semi-easy back-to-back because Friday's game is early and then Saturday's game is a normal time. But after that, the schedule really kind of ramps up. But at this point, the Celtics are 20-7 and and they are percentage points ahead of Miami and Toronto for second place in the East. And I think that's just a fantastic place for them to be. You know, Milwaukee's 27-4. and They're they're clearly the best team in the East and it's going to be tough, but the Celtics being uh, there in second place, it's, it's a great place to be. 
So I posted that on Instagram. So I'm going to start here by saying, uh, I'm going to shout out Carter Perrin, P-E-R-R-A-N, Carter P-E-R-R-A-N. He says on the Instagram comments, John, if you shout me out next podcast, I'll buy you a taco. So here's a lesson for everybody. If you buy me a taco, I'm going to shout you out. Now, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Maybe I should request the taco in advance because I have no guarantee that Carter's going to buy me the taco. Also, I demand a good taco. I'm, I don't want somebody to like give me a 99-cent Taco Bell. No, no, no. I want, I want a good taco. I want to go and get like a legit. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to go to some fancy place and get like a $20 taco. But I want to get like a good taco. And I'll show you the receipt and you Venmo me the money back. I just, honor system, I'm doing it. So, Carter, you owe me a taco, man. And we got to figure out how you get me this taco. Shoutouts on the podcast for a taco is is great. Um, I, I I love this idea. Uh, feed me tacos. I will do. I'll give shoutouts. I'll do an hour show where it's just an hour's worth of shoutouts, and I get a thousand tacos or whatever it is. Um, so um, at R uh, J underscore Rob. Why are are we so far behind in games played? Just hoping it doesn't catch up in a bad way in the back end. Uh, like I just said, January is where it catches up on us. I have no idea why the schedule is what it is. The only thing I can think of is the Celtics, um, they share a building. And I, I have to think that there's a quirk here with like maybe the Bruins and the... Um, whatever the garden is doing concert wise or event wise, and maybe there was just, this was the only way to make things work. But I'm telling you, the Celtics schedule really kind of gets tight. Um, I just talked about the rest of this month, but when you get into January, like January 3rd and 4th, back to back home, Atlanta at Chicago, and then it's like every other day, but worse because every other day you go day off, Washington, day off, San Antonio, Philly, back-to-back, home road. Day off, New Orleans, day off, Chicago, home. Both those are at home. Day off, Detroit at home, then a road back-to-back in Milwaukee. Day off, Phoenix at home. Day off, Lakers at home. Day off, Memphis at home. Day off, then a road trip, Orlando, New Orleans, Miami, all on the road, day, every other day. I mean, the, the every other day thing just keeps on going. The next time, so the Celtics have a back-to-back December 27th and 28th. They have two days off, then they play the Charlotte Hornets on the road. Uh, and that's on December 31st. They have two days off, January 1st and 2nd. And the next time, they do not have another stretch of two days off in January. The next time they have two days off is February 14th. That's the all-star break. So starting in January, they have two days off to start the month, and then they don't have another consecutive days off until the all-star break. So the Celtics basically 
are not going to practice. They'll have some shoot-arounds before games on game days, but that's it. They're not going to practice. Um, things ease up a, a little bit, but they come out of the All-Star break as they normally do on the road with a West Coast swing. And then in March, it's a little bit more of the same, but a couple of couple of those two-day off stretches in there. It's all to say that the schedule gets tight. It does get tight. So I'm sorry, RJ. There's, there is going to be some hell to pay here on the back end of the schedule. And this is why Brad Stevens has said that they need to basically have all the healthy bodies that they can. And in January, there are going to be rest days. There's, that's a guarantee. There are going to be days where they load manage. So maybe against Washington, they, you know, or, or maybe, you know, they Atlanta, Chicago, back to back. That's, that shouldn't be that tough. Atlanta, Chicago, Washington, that stretch shouldn't be that tough. San Antonio at home, you know, you want to say San Antonio is not tough, but I always fear them. The level of competition isn't that high. I mean, January, look at this, this slate. Atlanta, Chicago, Washington, San Antonio, Philly, New Orleans, Chicago, Detroit, Milwaukee, Phoenix, the Lakers, Memphis, Orlando, New Orleans, Miami, Golden State. The only good teams in there, Philly, Milwaukee, the Lakers, Miami, four four of those teams are are good playoff teams. San Antonio is always a threat, but everyone else is you know, they they have an opportunity to rest guys even though they're playing very often. They have an opportunity to rest guys against bad competition. So even though things get kind of tight, they can come out of that pretty well. So, and then you look at February, Philly at home on February 1st, at Atlanta, Orlando, Atlanta, OKC, Houston, the Clippers, then the All-Star break. So three good teams out of those seven games. Minnesota's tough. They're, I mean, they're not great, but I still fear them. Lakers, Portland, Utah, that's a tough stretch. Then Houston. So the end of February is going to be difficult, but I'm not going to go into the March thing yet, but the Celtics have a tough schedule coming up as far as the grind, but the level of competition, they can still do all right. So hopefully they manage and they can rest guys. So you get into March uh, and April and the playoffs where guys are, are healthy. So interesting, interesting um, end of the season. I just want to mention before we wrap up, Terry Rozier got cheers when he was introduced, which is nice. You know, I mean, Terry Rozier is a great kind of social media darling. He's honest. Uh, I respect that. He is, um, he, he is a competitor. He plays hard. There's no doubt about that. But um, I, I kind of want to just bring up that Terry Rozier skates a lot when it comes to what was wrong last year. Everybody wants to blame Kyrie Irving. So much of the blame goes on Kyrie Irving. And none of it goes on Terry Rozier. And it's not just two guys. There, there's a lot of blame to go around. We've talked about this, and I'm certainly not trying to re, 
to 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 trudge up all of this stuff. But Terry Rozier just played here, and he got a nice round of applause. And I just kind of want to say that Kyrie got all of that shit, and to some level, he deserved some, you know, uh, uh, the booze and and all of the shit that he got. So does Terry Rozier. Like Kyrie, for all that he did, Kyrie wasn't the one that went on ESPN and just ethered the Celtics. I mean, he couldn't wait to get on TV and talk about how bad things were for him. He couldn't wait to get on TV and be like, oh, woe is me. I sacrificed so much. When he could have been the guy that when things weren't going well, he could have been what Brad Wanamaker is to this team and how important Brad Wanamaker has been. But he didn't want to be that. He wanted to be more. So he complained and very obviously didn't like what was going on. And I'm just kind of surprised that Terry Rozier skates on all of this when he was a major part of what went wrong last year. It's just funny to me that Kyrie gets all of the shit and we say, Hey, look, Kyrie's gone and look how much better it is. Yeah. Terry Rozier has gone too. And look how much better it is. So, um, not that I'm saying go boo Terry Rozier. I'm just saying that it's there's a disparity here. And if you're one of the people who said when I, you know, when when I've talked about Kyrie over the years or whatever, and and you're you're staunchly anti-Kyrie, but you're pro Terry Rozier, then I, I kind of want to call you out on this because Terry Rozier was a problem. And he didn't handle that well last year at all. And I don't know how good it could have gotten. Like if we're ranking where people kind of fit in the blame, like Kyrie is above Terry Rozier for sure. I'm I'm not going to be an idiot and deny that, but Terry Rozier is up there. He's, he was a big part of the problem. And I'm just kind of curious as to why, Celtics fans don't kind of see him that way. Is it because he was drafted here? Is it because he had that that successful run when Kyrie was hurt and he kind of was part of that team that went to the NBA Finals and, and that kind of shields him? Like, well, with Terry Rozier and without Kyrie, the Celtics did this. And with Kyrie and, and Rozier, the Celtics kind of underachieved. Is that it? I mean, that might be it, but I'll tell you for a fact that Terry Rozier's attitude was part of the problem. And it's just kind of funny to me. I'll leave it at that. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. All of you new listeners. I really do hope that you enjoyed it enough to subscribe. Really could use some more subscribers to this podcast. I mean, it's a constant growth thing. And the more subscribers, obviously, the more we can uh, kind of charge advertisers, to be honest with you, you know, I would really like to get, grow this show some more 
because this is my livelihood and, and it would be nice. It would just be nice. So part of that is new subscribers. Part of that getting of new subscribers means a five-star rating and a good written review. Just like when you are looking for a new place to go eat and you open Yelp and you start looking through reviews and looking for five-star places. It's the same thing with podcasts. Really, what we do, what I do, is is very similar to what restaurants do. We each provide something that people consume, and if they like it, they keep coming back. So if you can give that five-star rating, wherever it is that you can rate five stars, if you can give that good written review, it's very, very much appreciated. So hope you can do that and hope you can share the podcast and tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.